All right, welcome back hey to Par 5 with Bard and Landon. We are here today with our special guest, Mr. Matt Tate. I am here. Woo! Thanks welcome. for having me, fellas. Welcome. Of course. Yeah, so uh, Mr. Matt Tate, um, well, first off, I got to gotta have a shout-out for my wife real quick because yes. the reason that I know you yeah. is um, through Laura. So you met her um, a few years back, mm-hmm. and, I mean, we're going to get into kind of how you met her and why, you know, doing right. what you do, um, how you met her and know her still. But uh, before we do that, let's uh, let's get to know you a little bit. So All right. I want to I want to get a little background knowledge on okay. On Matt, so we want to st- we're starting at birth or what here, right after high <laughs> yeah. school. Yeah. Well, where, where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up uh, in Adair County, Oklahoma. Uh, so just uh, maybe thirty minutes from here, mm-hmm. thirty forty minutes yeah. from here. So northeastern Oklahoma, a uh, little town just outside a little town called Stillwell. Okay, so yeah. kind of dirt yeah. poor in so the middle of nowhere. Yeah. you know, I read in your notes. He says you grew up on the top of a mountain in North, in northeast Oklahoma. Uh-huh. I've been to Oklahoma multiple times, and I haven't seen a lot of mountains. Well, so. they're technically <laughs> mountains. We're not talking the Rockies, but <laughs> as far as altitude, technically they are mountains or height. Of it's, the a hills. it's a hill. It's a hill. It's a hill. There, there are lots of hills, but there are some mountains too. <laughs> it meets the criteria. Nice. Yeah. So what? Uh, what? What after? Uh, how'd you, how'd you grow up? What did What did that lead to? Uh, well, uh, probably a big influential point in life. Uh, dad died, you know, when I was younger, and so that kind of, I was on this kind of perpetual journey of always looking for the positive male role model. You oh, know, yeah. um, kind of uh, growing up um, from my adolescence into late teens and even into early adulthood, and so um, luckily I, I had a lot of good men that were in my life from teachers to uncles to um, just mentors that I met kind of along the way. Uh, But, uh, you know, growing without a dad, there's like lots of crap to figure out, right? Like Mm -hmm. how how to be a man, you know, those types of things. And so um, I don't, I don't know that anybody ever really has that fully figured out, but it was definitely uh, a journey for me back then. And, uh, High school was a, a lot of fun for me. I was really fortunate. I had a good experience uh, yep. and did the the sports and athletics and all that type of stuff. And so it was just a really good time. I, I didn't have the miserable, you know, school experience. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like every every other person on the planet, as soon as, you know, you graduate the very next day, you wake up and you're like, oh, 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 <laughs> this is what they were talking about. You got to figure yep. some things I gotta, out. I got to do something. And so, you know, being a small town, there really wasn't much. And I found I, I certainly I did not want to work in a factory. I'm not mm. too good to work in a factory. I just not built for it. Yeah. Right? yeah. Some people are, and they can do their whole lives and and really love it. But uh, I found a, a little company there that I worked for, and it didn't take me very long to figure out I got to do something. <laughs> something else. Something yeah. else. But I didn't want to go to college because I was intimidated by college. I was afraid yeah. I'd go there and. Everybody would make fun of me. I'd be a fraud and a failure, and, and I would just fail out. I was oh. too dumb, you know. And so, to me, it really wasn't an option. Mm. So, I was like, well, my brother went to the Army, so if he can do it, I yeah. mean, maybe I can do it too. Yeah. And at, at the very least, uh, it'll give me some time to figure things out. And mm. so, mm-hmm. I did that. I joined a, a local National Guard unit there in my hometown. And um, by the time I got back, I wouldn't say I had – Things figured out, but opportunities uh, kind of opened up for me. Oh, yeah. 
which led me to work with the Oklahoma Military Department uh, mm-hmm. as a drill instructor at a youth challenge program there. Oh, yeah. So that got me out of the, the small town and uh, mm-hmm. to where I was at least, you know, making a living, doing some stuff that I really enjoyed. Yeah. And uh, and so that was kind of my path out of there. Yeah. And it's kind of been a weird journey okay. from that point to this. Yeah. Now you, uh, I would say, back to military, I know you went over overseas a few times, right? Yeah, um, just one deployment. Oh, just one. Um, that was a, a year there. The, the entire deployment was 18 months, um, but it was a okay. year um, from 04 to 05. Uh, my National Guard unit uh, deployed pretty early in the war, and we got attached to an Army unit for a little bit uh, right off the bat, the 82nd Airborne, and maybe 28, 29 days with them, and then the 1st Marine Division moved in. And so we were attached to them for the rest of the time. So we were there uh, for the Battle of Fallujah, both, you know, assaults on the city, all that stuff. Um, I wasn't a door kicker, um, but it was still a pretty hectic place to be. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, after that year, um, I came back, and I, I think I had a year and a half left at that point, and I would be at nine years, and that's when I was like, it's time. I think I'm yeah. out. Yeah. I think I'm out. Oh, yeah, no. Makes sense. Like, definitely something you could translate from, you know, doing that full time to something that you've done now, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So like you love you love working with guns, love, you know, more so teaching how mm-hmm. to, you know, safety and whatnot yeah. with working with guns. And, and I think that teaching thing really kind of came from working at that youth academy. Like yeah. trying to, you know, get those cadets on the right track and, and teaching there. Um but the stuff that we do now, I'm just really passionate about because I want to help empower people to help themselves. Mm. That's, you know, where my, my passion is at for that. Um, well, I mean, something you said, the very like you, you, you've talked about a lot of things in that small time right there and to unpack some of it, like one thing that I love the most that you said actually is when you talked about graduating from high school and knowing that college wasn't for you. Yeah. I think I used to be a teacher actually in Rogers right here. And I hear that a lot. I heard that a lot from kids that they didn't think college was from them. And it, for them, it almost seems like their it was kind of like their life was pointless now because they don't they don't think they could make it in college. Right. And I think having those influential people in their lives and people they can see that have been extremely successful because you don't you don't have to go to college to be successful. But right. I think unfortunately, our society has kind of put so much on that yeah. that I think the youth that don't go think that they're just failing at right. something and it's really cool to hear from somebody that's been so successful that, that didn't go that path at all yeah and i wound up just because mm-hmm. later uh you know going and doing the college thing yeah afterwards and, and, and when i say going to do it i did online college yeah um and it wasn't you know i look back and i'm like well that wasn't rocket science it was actually <laughs> ridiculously easy if you just mm-hmm. apply yourself and i'm yeah. not that book smart of a guy and Mm -hmm. I I maintain a really good grade point average, but I think where I came from, they just weren't handing out hope like candy bars on the street. They Mm -hmm. just weren't. And there's, there's a lot of, there's not a lot of success stories coming out of there. And so I think not necessarily that was put on me, but it's just what I absorbed and put on myself was that I probably wasn't as much as I wanted to become something that wasn't bad. Uh, I just didn't know what my odds of that were. Mm. You know, I didn't have anybody saying, "Come on, come over here, and I'm oh, gonna yeah. help you get your feet." No, I mean, I yeah. think I think you a know. lot of kids have that whenever they're you know in that stage of their life. Not maybe not the top twenty percent of graduating in their high school. So like you know, like oh, what am I gonna do? And you know, like like you said, the 
army or any any kind of service like would you would you recommend that for a lot of them or you well, I'll say this. It was really good for me. Even though that was, you know, a very small town that I came from, I was kind of a big fish in a small pond. Mm-hmm. Um, even though in Stillwell is a very small town, small school. My school was even smaller than that. But I was the captain of the football team. I was a well-liked guy, and I was kind of at the top of the, the pyramid. Yeah. And then I went to uh, basic training, and I was struggling to be in the middle of the pack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so – why it was so good was it showed me, hey, this is reality. You are just a number in this world. In the grand scheme of things, nobody really cares about you. Um, and that was, a, you know, very humbling mm-hmm. at 18 years old to figure out <laughs> nobody loves me like mama loves me. <laughs> nobody cares. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it was the best thing that ever happened to me because I was like, all right, I know my place now and I don't like mm. it here. So I'm going to be working to push myself I mean, forward. I was- I was the same kind of situation, football, you know, all-star, everything. Mm-hmm. I would go to a D3 college, and I'm bottom of the barrel. Like, I, right. I'm nothing special. It's kind of – it is very humbling to figure that out. Like, yep. oh, well, I'm, yeah, like you said, I'm I'm – I'm not that that huge deal that I thought I was. Right. So maybe maybe I figure something out that, that I can specialize in. And, and I think that's missing. I'm, yeah. I think that's missing today. Yeah. And a part of that, this is going to sound weird, so let me explain it. A part of that is social media. Everybody mm-hmm. thinks they're important, and everybody thinks they're a big deal. Now, I'm yeah. not saying that everybody isn't important to someone or just important mm-hmm. to exist on this planet. Yeah. But I am saying, like, people have this concept of that they're somebody that matters. Yeah, it's in like the grand the, scheme of things. Yeah, you know like they're the main character. Like, that's, that's the thing they always <laughs> yeah. say. Yeah. And, and I don't mean to, like, rain on anybody's parade. Uh, I'm not even saying, like, no, I, I matter. I'm just saying, like, you better settle into your, your little niche and matter there because mm-hmm. the reality is most of the world could care less about you. They yeah. don't know who you are. Like, oh, yeah. So yeah. <clears throat> well, I'm sure we'll talk about this in a minute, but I've done some TV stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And that, and that's cool. It's been an amazing experience yeah. to do the stuff that I've done. Big deal. Like, not everybody <laughs> knows who I am. <laughs> yeah. Like, like if, if if somebody doesn't have Netflix or ne- they never saw that show, no. I'm nobody to them. Yeah, like I got no ego about that. That's that's totally yeah. That's fine. You don't walk mm-hmm. down the street, people ask like, for autographs. Hey, don't you know who I am? <laughs> Bushcraft build off. Google it. You know, you heard a little thing that. called Snowflake Mountain. No, um, and people here. I mean, I get recognized sometimes here, but it's not like oh. an, an everyday thing. Yeah, and I personally kind of like that, but. A lot of people do think they're they are the movie stars of their world. They mm-hmm. got you know twenty thousand yeah. followers on Instagram out of <laughs> the what six billion yeah, right. people right. on this earth. Like um, so, those humbling experiences mm-hmm. earlier in life, I think, are really important for us to grow and develop into social having a proper uh, place in our environments socially and understanding the way the world works. And yeah. I think some of that's missing because. People just get on Instagram and all they care about is those followers and what they have to say. Oh, I've got my 20,000 or 50,000, whatever it is. So I think there's danger in that. It's cool. It's great if that people can have a voice, Mm -hmm. but the other side of that is nobody gives a rip really about your voice. (laughs) When you figure that out, I, I just look at it this way. I don't think anybody cares about my political views and opinions. Mm-hmm. So I don't put them out there. I'm not going to change any yeah. minds and ideas. Same. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put out stuff that maybe somebody could listen to and then help them. Like how to stay safe when you're out in town or on a vacation. Yeah. Yep. Like anybody can benefit from that. The other stuff, 
I'm just real. Nobody cares about my opinions. <laughs> yeah, and that's okay. Yeah. I don't care about theirs. I mean, yeah. So let's <laughs> let's kind of move into that a little bit. So you know, that's from your you know your military background, and then you you kind of started making or after you started working for you said Oklahoma. Yeah, the uh, military department. Military department. So yeah. after that, is that when you guys you and Joel you met Joel? You started. No, what, uh, what led when, to that? when I left the military department. Uh, I went to work with the Employment Security Commission, and I did that for about a year. I was a veterans representative, so I would help other veterans find employment. I did that for about a year, and then I went to work in the executive branch for the Social Security Administration. Mm-hmm. And that lasted about three years for me to figure out God didn't create me to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I was just kind of like, man, i got to do something. I'm, I'm like 31 or 32 at the time, maybe 33. And I'm like, I don't even know what I want to be when I grow up. So mm-hmm. I just asked myself, what do I like? I like hunting, fishing, guns, knives, the outdoors. And I was kind of bummed because, like, how am I going to get paid for all that? <laughs> but I stumbled across, like, this uh, title of survival instructor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, growing up a country boy, I was like, well, I think I could do that. But uh, I wanted to have some kind of official certification. And so yeah. I found a school just happened to be here in Arkansas. And so I just decided I'm going to cut ties with my job. Uh, mm-hmm. which was really scary because I'd always had a job since I was 15. And yep. since I was 18, I worked for the government in one way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. feds or, or state. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, I just had this fear. Because uh, when I would sit in that break room uh, at the Social Security Administration and eat lunch, there were people who had been there 40 years, 42 years somebody mm-hmm. had been there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's hard to get fired from there. It's okay oh, yeah. pay. You know, you get good retirement stuff. But I was like... Am I going to be sitting here when I'm 66 looking back and being like, I played it safe? Yeah. Similar mm-hmm. with teacher. You know, yeah, like that. I, yeah. It just, uh, it, it scared me. And so I was like, I'd rather try and say, well, I tried and failed than to say, I wish I would have. I can yeah. live with yeah. failure, but I don't know if I can live with all that regret. And mm-hmm. so uh, I signed up for, for this class, and that's where I met Joel. And we, yeah. Joel had been there. <laughs> he kind of got bamboozled on that. He was going to do a six month internship at this place. And so lots of things like meals were supposed to be provided daily and all the stuff. And like that place was not living up to their end of the bargain. <laughs> so Joel was literally having to hunt and fish and trap to survive. Nice. And so wow. he'd been there, I don't know, two or three months uh, doing that whenever I showed up for my 40 day instructor class. Mm-hmm. And because he'd already been in that environment, he was a little bit standoffish um, from the rest of us because he'd already been there, you know, kind of yeah. suffering a little bit. But um, Joel had done uh, a different job for sure, um, but we'd both seen really hard times downrange. And I think that was probably uh, a connection uh, that we had. We were pro- probably both still dealing with some things. Yep. But uh, he was a really good dude, and we just kind of hit it off. His brother, uh, who is – Super tough guy, man. A really good guy, too. Mm-hmm. Um, both of those guys were on EOD teams. His dad was an EOD oh. guy. Um, anyways, great guys, but that's where we met. And he and I, uh, when we left there, we actually ran schools for that company. He ran uh, a satellite school in Florida, and I ran one here. And then about three years into it, we just decided we wanted to do our own thing. Yeah. And so that's where American Survival Co. came into play. Yeah. So. 
before we get into American Survival Co., like, yeah. can you tell us about that instructor class? Like, that sounds, you said it's 40 days? Yeah. So, it, yeah. Uh, this class, it's it's not located there anymore. I, that school is still in existence, um, but it, I'm not even sure where it's at now. Yeah. Uh, but it was 40 days and nights. In the first probably 30 days, you were living in primitive conditions, so debris huts or leaf beds or whatever. Wow. And like every five days, you'd have to change the type of shelter that you lived in because they wanted you to yeah. experience all those types. Uh, and then, like, I remember maybe we'd been there a couple weeks, something like that, and there was a, a snowstorm that was just going to last a day or two that was rolling in. And they're like, all right, you got uh, three hours. Um, you don't get to take your sleeping bags go build a shelter. And I was like, oh, oh this just gosh. got real. But it was a it was a controlled environment in the sense of we were only a couple hundred yards from our vehicles or in an emergency. Okay. So yeah. it was really um, living in the dirt, but in a controlled setting to mm. where you had resources close by. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was that learning phase. And then at the end of that 30 days, there was, I think, five days of SEER, which was learning like how to pick locks and handcuffs and those types oh, wow. of things, interrogations. And then that culminated in being captured, slapped around and tortured, mm. um, interrogated. Wow. And then you have to escape. And then I think I saw that picture of you on yeah, Instagram a little yeah. back about uh, that. Yes. And, and that was in the woods. It's and crazy. then once that was done, it was painful. Like, I, mm-hmm. I mean, like you, you sign up for this class and then like all of a sudden, Hey, Right, we're, we're gonna throw you out in the middle of the woods and it, it was and torture you. And shit. It like, was damn. it was painful for sure, oh. uh, and there and you could quit at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, I had made up my mind because I didn't know how hard the the school was gonna be. I just made up my mind like, well, I cut ties with everything else. Like I'm either just not going back now, or I'm yeah. dying trying. Like there's no mm-hmm. in between, and so. Uh, yeah, that was like physically painful, but that the physical pain was really just a day's worth. Um, the other four days were kind of learning how to operate in that, you know, captured okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. uh, assessment. And then after that, um, the goal was to have us dropped off uh, in a city and to evade capture for 24 hours. So you get a $20 bill, wow. your cell phone for emergencies, and your driver's license in case you got questioned by the police. Because you were evading that whole time. And so doing that, there were different drop points. Like you'd have to make it to points and you'd find a dead drop and there'd be a mission like, oh, i got to go to this park and pick a padlock and just take it off of this chain. Mm-hmm. Take it with me. i got to, yeah. you know, make a makeshift weapon out of something. Wow. And so uh, we kind of destroyed that. Um, they kind of rewrote the program because you were allowed three days in advance to go in and start doing an advance on that city and mm-hmm. if you you were allowed to like put out a cache hide a cache somewhere of clothes or whatever because we were wearing woods clothes and tactical stuff pretty easy to pick out yeah. um in the mall you know what i'm saying <laughs> so uh i didn't put a cache out well I, I wound i didn't need my cash but we had went in long story short uh, you'd be surprised what you can get done with a smile and just being friendly. <laughs> and we talked this hotel manager into comping us a room uh, and comping us the van driver all night. So instead of going all over the city on foot, going under the roads, through drainage, like <laughs> we had a van driver, man. And this guy, Made it easy. funniest part, this guy was a, an old Vietnam vet. And we weren't allowed to tell anybody what we were doing mm-hmm. other than we could say we were in a training environment. So this guy... He must have thought we were like 
three-letter agency trainees <laughs> trying to get through this thing because we, we couldn't tell him. And so, man, this guy was doing evasive driving for Like, the instructors <laughs> caught up to us, and this guy, like, outrun them and squealing tires oh, and getting on the amazing. interstate and outran them. It was so crazy. He, but he, he was having a great time. Oh He's like, gosh. I'm not going to get in trouble. Oh, yeah, he thought it was the best. Yeah. <laughs> so the CIA guys are here. They're going to they're gonna protect yeah. me. So uh, we were done with our missions by like 930 that night because I had secured us a van. And I remember I called because we had our cell phones. I called Joel, and he, he was with his brother. And I said, hey, man, I got a 14 passenger van. You want me to come get you? And he's like, what? I said, Did you steal it? And I said, No. I just did use my, my smile and personality. I said, do you want me to come get you so you can get your missions knocked out? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. I said, all right, where are you guys? And he goes, we're at the liquor store. And I'm like, are you guys even taking this seriously? You guys just going to take right your $20 and go booze? Like, what are you doing, man? And so he wound up not doing this, but his plan was you could pay a taxi driver to get you to a couple places. It wasn't going to last mm-hmm. long, but they would also be looking in taxis, right? So he's mm-hmm. like, my plan was – to find like the, a nineteen year old kid and be like, "Look, I'll trade you this booze if you, you know, take me to these points." Uh, and it didn't work out. So when we went to pick them up, we're just slow rolling through this parking lot, and it was like a movie. Man, they came running out and jumped in the van, and he squealed the tires off and everything. Nice. It was really cool, but uh, yeah, it was a good experience, um, and it was kind of one of those things. It took me back to that mindset kind of a deal being deployed it was just a simple mm-hmm. life you like you just do what you gotta do you feed yourself and yeah you don't yeah. die so it was a really cool environment to be in uh, but yeah it, 40 days and nights and wow. it led to kind of yeah you you mean joel and then i mean yeah did you have a big i mean were you really, really wanting to teach survival before then, or was that kind of like you're you were thrust into this and you're like, wow, this is awesome. I, I want anyone yeah. to share it. I, I don't think that that was like a lifelong thing. Um, but once once I did that, I was like, hey, this. I thought I knew about survival stuff until I went through that course, and I was like, mm. oh, this is there's a lot more skills to learn, uh, and I'll be learning the rest of my life. I'll yeah. never have it all mastered, but. Um, once I learned that stuff, I was just like, now I feel so much more confident, not just in the woods, but just in life. Cause I feel like beside of like, you know, fighting or something like I can just handle myself. I can take care mm-hmm. of myself in more ways than one. And so, yeah, it was really empowering. And I was just like, other people need to feel this. Like this is lost wow. stuff yeah. that, um, I don't use every day, but it's kind of one of those things when Mr. Murphy strikes, Three strikes doesn't mean I'm out. I've got a lot more tools mm. to pull out of the toolbox. You know yeah. what I mean? And I wanted to empower other people with those tools too. So yeah, oh, yeah. you created yeah. American Survival Co. Yep, we started American Survival Co. And Joel still runs our school down in Florida. We're still looking. We about six months ago, uh, the the property he was teaching on, uh, he had a lease deal, and the guy wound up expanding his operation. Great guy. It just happened that it pushed us out of there, and it's in Jacksonville, right? So it's tough yeah. to find another place. So we're still kind of looking in Jacksonville. Now, Joel will still come up here and teach if the class is big enough, or if somebody just was like, no, I want Joel Graves to teach me, then we got 300 acres here to teach on. Yeah. And, we yeah. get them. and then we'll travel to people's places and locations, too. That's not a big deal. But right now, we're just our hands are kind of tied in the Jacksonville area for mm, having a yeah. place. What are so, some of the some of the classes that you guys yeah. offer? 
So with the survival side, everything from, you know, very primitive skills to being able to do everything with nothing uh, in terms of making fire, purifying water, those types of things. A lot of ways to use modern tools to maximum level of efficiency to to survive. Um, we can teach escape and evasion, camouflage and concealment. Um, and a big thing, you know, I'm sure we'll get into this in a minute. We did that show. And so we want to start shifting because – COVID was a real bummer for everybody in terms of in-person stuff, right? Yeah. And so we're really kind of in the process. We're, we're a little late to the party, but that's okay. I'd rather do it right. And so uh, to more um, digital content stuff, but also kind of doing more life coaching stuff that we kind of want to get into uh, doing uh, with people. And yeah. again, helping them discover and follow yeah. their goals, you know. Say, so if, if you watched... Um, Snowflake Mountain. It was, I mean, Joel. Joel taught a lot of, uh, you know. I always looked at it as, as it was. Joel was was teaching some of the survival stuff, and then when you know he he'd get onto these kids, and then mm-hmm. whenever they needed they needed somebody to talk to them, it was like, hey, hey, Matt, Matt you know, like yeah. you you were the one you were the you were the guy they always wanted it. Right. The, the guy that always brought them back, like, hey, they're they're down in the dumps. They need, yeah. they need your, you know, you giving them some love and, yeah. and, and I feel like Joel and I really, we have different styles, but we compliment each other. Like if Joel's the guy, I, like Joel's the guy, I don't need to be the movie star. Yeah. Joel's yeah. the better guy to deal with that situation. And he, he kind of is the same way. We just kind of play off of each other's strengths and it works out really good. Um, but I do have a lot of empathy and compassion for people, mm. uh, for sure. But it definitely definitely showed on the on that show. I also sure. want them to toughen the hell up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like oh, yeah. we're all human. Like whether you believe God gave us emotions or we evolved to have them, like they're there. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, how do you deal with and process and let's let's get to being productive, right? Moving mm-hmm. forward. Oh, yeah. So yeah, lot, so we're kind of making that transition uh, well, to. I, I think what you're talking about it goes back to what you said at the beginning too about those humbling experiences that helped you kind of all of us kind of process those things and learn how to deal with those problems with those humbling experiences being so much less now. I think especially younger people have issues dealing with day in day out things, not just to mention anything on that show and those things like that too. So I think this is a great area to go into. I think people around here, everywhere kind of need that at least somebody to talk to and kind of process those things and things like that. Sure. Well, and I've discovered that, you know, some people, I was very fortunate. Like I did have people, a lot of people in my life who loved me and cared about me and mm-hmm. wanted good things for me and would kind of guide me, but not everybody grows up with that. And so someone yeah. who's had that might look at that person and be like, how could you be so dumb to not know these things? And it's like, they're not, it's like, no, yeah. nobody taught them how to tie their shoe. You don't laugh at them. You teach them how to tie their shoe, exactly. right? Like they just didn't have anybody. And so they don't have, you know, that skill set. And uh, so, yeah, they need somebody mm-hmm. that's willing to say, all right, well, let's do this, you know. I, I don't, it's just sad, man. I, I've been talking yeah. to this girl for about six months um, who I, I kind of took on a big brother role, really, mm-hmm. is kind of what happened. And uh, gr- very, very intelligent, very smart girl. She just doesn't have any life experience, and she didn't have those people in her life. And so – if I can help her 
uh, you know, find some happiness and find like a path that's sure. leading her in the right direction. Like she's the one doing the work. My intent is just to like help her discover a couple things and have light, mm-hmm. light bulb moments for herself. Yeah. But I don't want to tell anybody what to do. I'd rather help you discover the answers. Yeah. That's where the power is anyways. I, I can say, give you the answer. Great life coach, yeah. But I'm going to, something's going to be way more powerful if I discover it for yeah. myself. Yeah, I mean, it's like what you, you know? said, empowering others is the yeah. thing that you're talking about. Like get, doing something for somebody, that that doesn't do anything but for you, really, right. you know. Exactly. So empowering them and giving them those tools yep. to give move forward. Fish, teach them to fish. Exactly, yeah, exactly. that's the same. Yep, same, same. So yeah, that's been good, and the the whole American Survival Coup thing has led us to do some TV stuff. Right? Yeah. Um, so right. that started with Discovery Channel reaching out to us in 2017 or 2018. I don't remember which, uh, and that was like a I've never never been approached to do anything on TV, and it was just one episode. It wasn't like you know we were running the show or anything. I had an episode, and Joel had an episode okay. uh, with a bunch of other really awesome survival instructors from around the country. Mm-hmm. And so it was such a fun experience. I didn't care. Like the cameras didn't bother me at all. Uh-huh. Um, I felt really, and the people that we worked with made us feel very comfortable on camera. Mm-hmm. You know, they would make the mood light and all, and that made a huge difference. Yeah, so the bush crash, bushcraft build off. Yes. What, yeah. what exactly did you, yeah. did you do on that? So uh, they, they picked 10 of us uh, and w- there were going to be, you know, uh, two survival instructors per episode. And I was allowed to bring two people to help me. And so the premise of the show changed quite a few times from the time they approached us until we actually went and filmed the thing. But basically Bill, our, our thing was we had to build a shelter in Northern Utah uh, that we could stay in for two or three months of the hunting season. And so they didn't want just like a stand. They wanted something that was like basically show how cool of a thing you can build mm. with only three tools from what you can find in nature and make it like oh. a bushcraft mansion or whatever, you know, yeah. as cool as you could make it. So it was seven days, probably. It's seven days to build your mansion? Yeah. Oh, wow. uh, and, and we had a knife, a folding saw, and an army entrenching tool, like the folding shovels. Yeah. So we wound up building wow. an A-frame cabin uh, out of um, logs that we had go and cut trees down, aspen trees. Uh, and then we weaved in a bunch of willow kind of up the sides of it. And then we took that shovel and got uh, sod. Like we cut enough sod to cover that roof with a little shovel. It was 16, 18 hour days yeah. of just mad labor. For seven days. For seven wow. days. Uh, now, the the upside for us, we weren't surviving the whole, like they were bringing us food and those types of things okay. because otherwise we'd have been out there forever. Yeah. So, but it was just nonstop and it was, it was hard work. Yeah. Was no, hard work. I would imagine. Huh. Uh, like, as me and Laura have discussed many times, if zombie apocalypse happens, we know whose house we're mm-hmm. going to for sure. You guys are welcome. Now, a lot of people say that, and I'm like, you got the wrong cat, man. But no, you guys are welcome for sure, for sure, part of the tribe. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a fun experience, uh, and I won't I won't do any spoilers on it if anybody wants to catch that episode. Oh, yeah. But it's still on Netflix, right? Uh, that is on Discovery Channel oh. or Discovery Go. You can okay. watch it. Um, Your other one's Netflix. Yeah, the other one is is Netflix. All right. Yeah, talk a little bit about Snowflake Mountain. So that was just kind of a thing that fell in our laps, really. Um, They they called us up, and 
uh, just said, hey, this is kind of the premise of the show. And it fell in line because Joel and I had been talking about doing kind of a rites of passage thing for people mm. very similar to that uh, for a long time. And so we got really excited about doing it. And they they called and said, hey, uh, we have to. It was a production company, and they said, we interview you as the process, and then we submit it to Netflix, and Netflix makes the ultimate decision if you're going to be the hosts or not. Okay. And so we, obviously, we'd never been the hosts of a show, and the host kind of carries the show. And so I was like, yeah, sure, we can do it. <laughs> I've never <laughs> done that before. Up, but yeah, Because I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, well, if I fail, I fail, but like, yeah. I'm not going to miss the opportunity. Yeah, give it a shot. So uh, they said, we'll know in a couple of days. And that, sure enough, they called us back and said, they want you guys, but you have to leave in four days, and you'll be gone for a month to the, to the UK. Yeah, I was going to say, so, is it wow. Yeah. yeah, so I was in a position, and Joel was in a position, like we weren't going to miss that opportunity. So we said, yes, let's do it. And so <clears throat> it's funny, when we got there, we were like, look, you didn't wait until four days before this started to find your host. Like, like who all yeah, did you happened? interview? Like, what really happened? Yeah. And so they had interviewed – Tons of big names in the survival industry. They interviewed, uh, I think, Ronda Rousey and her husband, I think, were some names that were listed. Wow. Um, so I, I believe I remember that correctly. But anyways, uh, they just said that um, they were just looking for the right folks for that particular role, and, yeah. and we just fit it. Uh, who, I don't know you know, any details why others did or didn't and fall through, but it, for me it was a, just a blessing. And so yeah, we took on the role, and uh, – COVID was really heavy at that time, so we had to do like a 10-day quarantine when we first got there. But after that was done, and it was just rocking and rolling yeah. the rest of the time that we were out there. So, What what was the, for those that don't know, what was the show about? Okay, yeah. so basically uh, there was 10 20-somethings, five males, five females, that had never really uh, stood on their own two feet, hence, you know, snowflake. What you might call a snowflake. Right? <laughs> and so... Uh, we had never met them. We didn't have any uh, input into the process of interviewing them or selecting them. They had done all that work ahead of time. And my big question, I think a lot of people who watch the show's question, like, how did you trick these adults? And yeah. it's like, well, because what you saw on TV was who they really were. There wasn't like a scripted thing. And so listening to producers talk about it, they're like, well, they had their parents do all their paperwork. And so that led to the uh, opportunity to where they set up this trickery with the parents yeah. and the kids, kids, the young adults thought they were going to party somewhere. Oh, for, so they really didn't know. Like yeah. I remember that yeah. episode and I'm like, Oh, they're just joking about this. Yeah. Like, like acting. Yeah. They had, they had no idea. Those people <laughs> who did production that um, naked TV was the name of the production mm -hmm. company. They had done such due diligence that they had exact copies of every single person's suitcase. And some of them had multiple suitcases. I was going to say, yeah, when imagine, you wow. the first episode, I was like, what? Imagine <laughs> how, how much they had to search just for that. Yeah. So, no, they they were, it was all legit. Like, the first time we meet them is literally what you see on TV on the wow. side of the hill. We'd never met them before. Now, I wasn't with them the entire time because there's lots of things where they're in camp mm -hmm. doing their own thing. So, I can't speak to that, but outside of that, I never saw anything scripted. They were just being themselves, yeah. wow. and so uh, yeah, it was it was a really interesting experience meeting a bunch of those people who just never been made to, you know, do yeah. lots of stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, I'm sure that's where a lot of your uh, 
wanting to do this life coaching probably came in because a lot of those kids need it. Like, they did. Yeah. And it was more than, you know, like survival. Maybe they're never going to live, you know, right. any of that kind of lifestyle, but they definitely need some life coaching. Yeah. And that was really survival was kind of the backdrop of the show. Yeah. It was really more about them. And so, uh, you know, the intent was to make them do some survival stuff that was going to challenge them and hopefully see some growth through that. And then we, mm-hmm. we certainly did uh, throughout that series. And it was very rewarding for me, but also seeing like some of those, we had them for 17 or 18 days. I don't think it's realistic to think they're all fixed of everything from now on. Right. Um, But for me, if they just change one thing about the way they attack life in, in terms of doing something good in this world, that's enough. You could definitely see some of them like just, you know, they're, out outlook on life or just you know how they approach different things uh like one of my favorites was ray i don't want to give away any of it but like yeah. ray i loved her like and she you know at the beginning she she didn't seem like one of the ones that was worse off at the beginning but when she, at the end she seemed like she was pretty level-headed and i was yeah. like you did some good work on a lot of those kids but she was like she was my favorite. I think right. I was I was sad when she did. And you know it's amazing just when you take technology and social media and phones away from people, like now, they are faced with each other, and that's all there is. And so, I was really blown away how they began to very quickly function like what you would hope normal um, um, adults mm-hmm. yeah. function like, and they cared about more than just themselves. They were caring about other people yeah. because if they didn't do this, then not only did they not eat, but the rest of the group might not eat. Mm-hmm. And so you just saw, it gave me a lot of hope for humanity because it's so easy. And I remember this when I was in my twenties, like hearing, you know, 50 year olds or 40 year olds or 60 year olds talking in these generational gaps. I was like, ah, oh, that generation's worthless or whatever. <laughs> um, generations are just different and grow up with different things. I know what it's like to not have a cell phone. Because yeah. because I was, you know, a, really a grown-up before that was commonplace for people to have smartphones to scroll through Facebook and that type. Like, they yeah. didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They don't know a life without that. So they've grown up completely differently than I have. Yeah. So I, that was a huge thing, I think, is trying to meet people where they are mm-hmm. and not just snatch them up to where you are right now. You can't do that. No. If yeah. you're wanting success, nobody's going to do that to me, you know. So... Just being in that environment did half the work for us, honestly. Yeah. Just being out there. Yeah, no, it, it 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 looked really, really cool. It was I mean, it was a top top two, top three yeah. show on Netflix for, yeah. for quite yeah. a little while. And uh I mean it I was I, I really liked it. I, I got invested in it. I benched it, you know. Right on. Was, but <laughs> you know. Um but no, it was it was really really fun watching and I mean I had that connection with you. Yep. So I was like, Okay, I know that guy, that's pretty cool. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a neat experience, and uh, yeah, I would you never know how stuff's going to do. So when it was like in the top three, and then top ten globally, I was like, oh, this has got a little bit of legs to it. This is kind of cool. Yeah. So, and yeah. you said that's that show is kind of like the building blocks of where y'all started kind of thinking about doing like life mentoring and things like that. Yeah. And yeah. I don't even think I think it really came after that because of all the messages I would get through social media of people yeah. just wanting advice, you know. Wow. And, and I'm happy to give that advice. The problem is 
there's only so much of Matt's time that I can, give, of course, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I would feel bad sometimes that I tried as much as I could to respond to everybody, but like mm-hmm. some answers aren't simple. And so do I spend three hours just on a reply to this person when yeah. I got 50 other, you know, messages right. just like it waiting. And so the, the intent is, is really there to help people, but there's only so much time in a day and only so much Matt to go around or so much Joel to go around, you know? Yep. And so, Hopefully, uh, we're working on a couple books, and mm-hmm. so you know that's one way to hit masses. And you yourself, or you and Joel, me and Joel both. Oh. So one is a children's book, and uh, one is geared more towards adults. I, I mean, you know, as I'm writing a bunch of it, I'm thinking of of people very similar to who are on the show. But then I also think, like, I mean, I can benefit from some of the stuff that's that's in there, you know, and it's. A lot of it's life lessons uh, that that we've learned, and uh, like prime example, one one point in that book is like victimhood. Like you are people's identity is how big of a victim can I be now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I don't think, and in my intent in saying that's not to say bad things about people, is to say like that's what the media has taught them. Oh, yeah. yeah, like the bigger victim you can be, the bigger somebody you are. You know what I'm saying? It's like. Back to Snowflake Mountain, all yeah. of them had that. People um, have, like, oh, it was, it's been twisted what's this. been taught people and imp, imp, input into their minds is like, this is the way you should be. Yeah. No, not, I don't want to live in a society where everybody's like that. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So that's just one little point, but it's a lot of things like, hey, this is a, a serious problem with our society today, this is why, and this is how we don't go down that road as individuals. So hopefully a, kind of a self-help type book. Uh, yeah. For folks. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Um, you have, we have anything else we need to, we need to know about I would just American say, survival coach. Um, we've got some other things in the works. Uh, we'll, we'll see how those pan out. I can't really talk about them right now because nothing mm-hmm. is solidified. Uh, but I would say within the next month or so, we'll open up a very small uh, section for taking on students uh, for the life, life, life coaching time. thing. Okay. And uh, I'm thinking... And that'd be like more online stuff? like Yeah, I mean, if, if it's people local, i got no problem meeting mm-hmm. them you know, in yeah. person. But uh, because it's kind of a worldwide reach um, from that show, yeah. a lot of it will be like uh, either Zoom meetings or, or whatever, and it'll just be based oh. on how much time they want to dedicate, um, either an hour a week or two hours a week, whatever gotcha. it is, yeah. um, oh, kind of okay. helping them find their path into whatever it is that they're wanting to improve. So that's cool. coming soon. Yeah. yeah. Well... I was going to say before we get off of survival, I was going to share about my news about, um, for Ooh. those of you that don't know. Very cool. I'm going to go to Alaska for two and a half, three months and teach up there. And so I, I need some survival skills. Uh-huh. So just, just stay away from polar bears. That's it. That's that. my, that's yeah. my main thing. Like <laughs> just because the locals there, they know what's up. They know how to oh, do yeah. anything and they'll be able to help you. But like, when you're walking from your apartment to the school or doing whatever, like bears, that I, I, I didn't like. I grew up where there's mountain lions and like some black bears and bobcats, and so those things like I understand how they behave and what I need to 
do in their environment. Polar yep. bears, like largest land carnivore on this yeah, planet, yeah. right? Like I don't want nothing to do with no polar bears. <laughs> Stay <away laughs> from that. Yeah, what are you gonna now, do? I mean, so if you what, don't have a big gun, what so are you gonna do? I, let's <laughs> say I've, I've done some research and whatnot in this this town, and they, you know, everybody has a gun. So Good. I'm pretty sure not a lot of polar bears come around the okay. town because they get shot if Good. they do, you know. Right so like you know, a little little less, you know, freaked out about polar bears, but right. yeah, it'll be uh, it's going to be experience and And what's what is the average temperature there right now? Oh yeah. Yeah, so like my so I'm I'm going up there on Tuesday. I'll I'll get there Thursday. Well, I got to take a couple bush planes all the way up there. But uh, the first week that I'm going to be there, the average high is negative 12. Holy smokes. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be cold. That's too I got, cold I got for a me, few, man. I got yeah, a nope, few not for me. Parkas and things. That, you know, hopefully I only had to be outside for you know two minutes a day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd be interested in when, when you finish that, that journey, like to – to hear what kind of social differences that you encountered there. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we plan on doing this podcast, right. you know, every yeah. week. So, oh, cool. I'm, I'm going to get some updates. I might do some the Northern Lights in the background one oh, night. With cool. the <laughs> I've only ever saw the Northern Lights from from a plane, but I've uh, never saw the Rory oh, Borealis yeah. like on the ground. You know, yeah, that'd be so cool it. to see that. I'm excited. It should be fun for sure. Yeah, you had to get some video, <laughs> for sure. Yep. Yeah, but all right, uh, we're gonna we're gonna move on. So, move on to the fun stuff we got up next. So, uh, we we have two uh, sections that we always put on this show, um, and the first one that we always do is called "World's Greatest Questions." Hmm. So basically, it's a dumb question. All right, that we uh, we talk about a little bit. So. This week we've done a we've done a bracket before, and we're gonna do a bracket style again. Um, we're gonna talk about Lord of the Rings. Now the, we're talking about the original Lord of the Rings trilogy. Okay. Um, so no, no, you know, I guess Bilbo was in the original, but you know, not a big character. Mm, right. Um, so I listed eight, you know, kind of the eight main ones, and I'll I'll put them on the bottom or whatever for everybody watching this. But uh, we're gonna take two at a time. Debate which one moves on, and uh, and figure out uh, figure out who the best character is from Lord of the Rings. I already got it. <laughs> oh, you're in a, you I already, do you, I already got his number one. Yeah, you guys, well, let's do what we need to do. But I know who's coming out on top already. Well, you got you got to say the first matchup. All right. First, so you know? uh, I was gonna say. So we we, we kind of had to. I mean, I guess we'll debate each one. But like, yeah, seeing you know, what does best character mean to you? Like. Like most powerful character, or more, you know, more like, like what character if they weren't there, it, the series yeah. would just be completely different. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know. Um, so uh-huh. I mean, so that's that's kind of your definition of best character. Um, okay. But uh, so I'm gonna start off with the bottom one, so I don't start off with the double up there. That <laughs> uh, we're gonna go, we're gonna go with the the who the whole thing's about. All right, old Frodo versus Legolas, a crowd favorite. Legolas. I mean, I'll let you start. You're the you're the big fan on this one, so. Well, I'm just going to say this: Legolas couldn't carry the ring. Ah, <laughs> right. agree. Okay, so, yeah. so couldn't or didn't couldn't. Well, in that uh, circle of the friends, or uh, what do they call it? The uh, the fellowship, fellowship, fellowship. Yeah, yeah. Yep. The fellowship. Like 
He ain't standing up to take it. Yeah. All right. You, you got the dwarf who stands up to take it and just hurt, breaks his axe. So <laughs> tries to destroy it right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, and, and we know what happens when an elf picks up the ring because the lady of the woods, you remember whenever mm. she almost took it from Frodo and she, you know, the whole sky oh, and she, turns yeah. crazy. Oh. And then she, you know, is all weak afterwards. Like, that situation wasn't worked out good. <laughs> now, I'm not sure if I'm going in the direction you guys are, are wanting to go here. I think I'm agreeing I mean, right now. I was going to say, I think, uh, I think most of the ladies who watch this will be upset if we don't pick Legolas. I, I never understood that. I'm not, we're not going to get into that, but I've never understood I mean, that part. He's a good looking guy. I not as an elf. That. He looks funny. He, he's, he he's funny. A we- and they make all the makeup. He looks That's super what I'm saying. young. He looks very so. odd to me. He has amazing scenes. Like if we were talking about like the best warrior in there, he could be up there maybe. Awesome. Yeah, but not, definitely. not as one of the best. I, mean, I remember playing think, the, yeah. the Lord of the Rings. Game. Everybody played with Legolas. And, and yeah. Legolas was the coolest character. That's who you, know, you played with. Yeah. For those, sure. Those, yeah, the standoff. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Uh, but for best character in Lord of the Rings, I, yeah, it's easy. You got to put yeah, Frodo think, through. I think Frodo wins that one. All right. All right. We'll put Frodo through. Um, let's go to next matchup. We're going to go We're gonna go from the bottom up. All right. So next up we have two warriors. Um, write them down. I'll be fine. Uh, two warriors. So... The king, Aragorn, versus Gimli, the uh, the axe, the axe, axe wielding, <laughs> axe wielding. Uh, what, 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 he's not dwarf. A, what, dwarf. He's a dwarf. That's the word. Dwarf. Yeah. 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 yeah, you're right. Yeah, axe wielding dwarf, Gimli. What, what do you guys got? What do you guys think? I I, I know it's, it's Aragorn, right? Is his yeah. name Aragorn? It, it has to be Aragorn. I think. It I think to that too. Yeah. I mean, I love the dwarf character. Great. But to me, honestly, it's just a comedic relief. Like, that's what it is. He like is he's great. Yeah. He's great. But I mean, if you don't have the king in this, what like it? It's almost the same situation to 100%. me as Frodo. You know what well, I mean? Well, Frodo yeah. would have died without Aragorn. Yeah. Like you remember whenever he gets stabbed by the wraith, like he puts yeah. medicine on him that sustains him until he can get to oh, yeah. the elf mm-hmm. village. Oh yeah. Right? No, I mean he he he's basically the the reason why all of them, all the you know the hobbits, make it past mm-hmm. you know, the first movie. Um, yep. So yeah, no, I, I gotta agree with you. Yeah, uh, they wouldn't have made it out of the Prince and Pony without him, right? <laughs> exactly. the, the end, exactly. That was the name of the, yeah. the Prince and Pony, right? And he had him in the other building when the Ring Race. For came. sure, yeah. 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 A, I'm a little bit of a Lord of the Ring nerd. Yes, so. that's, that's awesome. No, for sure, we're gonna move. We're gonna move Aragorn on. All right, Aragorn. Next one, maybe my favorite character. We have old Sam Wise versus Gollum. So I know Gollum, you know, not not a not a big character in terms of how good he is, but a very big character in terms of plot line story. Mm. Um, but on um, you know, my heart friggin' Samwise is just he's he's the man. I, I gotta pick Samwise. Really? Yep. So this is a this is a personal decision oh, you're on right now. Love, okay. love Sam. All right. I mean, I'm going opposite. Oh. Just for the importance of the 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 series, Gollum <laughs> is very important to like the storyline of the whole thing. So I'm sorry. So anybody can be picked off the street and, and be Sam, you know, like no. and just no, drag Frodo not. on. Right, I'm, oh. I'm about to bring this home. <laughs> Sam's moving on. Yes. There he is. <laughs> Sam. Sam's going to win this whole thing. I'm just spoiling it for you. Guys oh wow. Right uh, Sam moves on because anybody can drop a ring in a cave. 
right? right. Okay. To be found. Okay. Like big, yeah. Big whoop. Um, the, the most <laughs> important thing that he does in that entire series is lead them to the black gate. That's the most important thing yeah. that he does. Okay. Okay. Them, but Frodo doesn't move on even from the Shire without Sam. Without Sam there. Okay. Sam, Sam being at his side is the only reason that that series carries. Dude, Sam's the hero of the whole freaking thing. I mean, right. I, 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 my heart's not set on this one, so I'm not even, I'm not even gonna argue about this. It's fine if we're moving Sam on. Sam for couldn't sure. swim. He was willing to die just to be with Frodo, mm. just because he knew he needed him that bad. Like he goes out scene. into the water, oh. and Frodo <laughs> pulls him up and saves him. Right, like that's yeah. how much he was like mission first. Like it's happening. Okay, so he was giving his life like. Gollum, dude, well, ratted it, him out. It's it's <laughs> right. hard for me to argue with you. You say he's given his life. Okay, Sam moves on. Sam, fine. I can't Sam's even argue obvious with choice there. Obvious choice. It was a one versus an eight, Landon. It was <laughs> over. I understand. A one? What not a one. Uh, all right. Next up, so we have a double here. So I'm counting Mary and Pip, counting them as one, because they, you know, you don't see one of them without okay. the other in the whole thing. Okay. And the old gray wizard himself, Gandalf. What you guys got? Here's why it's tough. Because the Ents would have never got involved without Mary and Pip. Yeah. Like, they're the ones who basically allowed everything to move forward from that point, right? Like, mm-hmm. they go and get the Ents, and then they get pissed off, taking them back to the Shire and see it Saruman's done to all the trees and stuff. Yeah. But... uh they would have never even got to that point without Gandalf, Gandalf. Yeah. you know, sacrificing himself, you know, as they're moving through, I think, the Mountain you of Moria. Yeah, Moria. Yeah. 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 So, I don't know, man. That's that's tough. So, I, I, I do love Mary and Pip, but again, it's more comedic relief. Gandalf is yes. so integral to the story. I don't think you can have it without him. No, I, th- I think he has to move on yeah, for sure, I th- too. I'd say so out of those two. All right. All right, so we have our final four. Uh, let's go back to the bottom here. All right, final four this matchup between Frodo and Aragorn. Anybody? We got some input? Mm. Well, I mean, bottom line, Frodo's a ring bearer. I was he takes say, off and leaves Aragorn, right? Like he's yeah. like, I'm out at the end of the first so, uh, so of the trilogy. Yes, but... That is definitely a, a, a very integral part, you know, and the whole thing is, is you know, about this ring. But almost an equally big part is, you know, Aragorn going off and becoming the king, you know, creating mm-hmm. that, or not creating, but, you know, getting that army behind him and fighting against Sauron's mm-hmm. army and everything. And, you know, you can't really have, I would say both of them are just equal, equal parts of this movie to me. Um but, but who, from a from a character point, who saves I like, I Middle like, Earth? See, I don't know. I, for me, I like mm. Aragorn more than the character of Frodo. Frodo's okay. He's just I very like the character. No, I can like, see all, that. All he does is kind of carry the ring. Yes, he. That's you know, a, he's that's very a, very important. All he does very very <laughs> important. Ring, but like you know, as a character, he's you know he, he almost dies. Seven or eight times. You wuss. You know, from, from, <laughs> no, I mean, like, you know, like the, the spider almost kills him. Mm. Uh, you know, Gollum almost So he's kills not him. as strong, is well, what you're saying? I mean, just a few, I, I feel like he was carried on by 
you know, because all these other people helped him. Well, but there. I think they they helped him because he was doing something that they couldn't do. Right. So and that's was, the biggest he thing. He was holding is, the ring. I get that. Yeah, and, and I think that if it was that easy, then he wouldn't need to be there at all, you know? But I think all the fellowship is the fellowship because they were all, all the characters that you're thinking are willing to die for him to continue on. You know what I mean? So that's why I think he goes on. Yeah. And that includes your king, too. Like, he, he was willing to die for him. You know. Yes, and 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 that's kind of why I'm I would pick Aragorn because <laughs> yeah you know, I think he's the he's that character that's that's pushing Frodo or helping Frodo to that you know to be what he I think became. that's Sam for sure. Well, Sam, but, also, but but that's another conversation. I, I, my mind's Frodo, but right. you guys so know say, it better say, than I'm me. Obviously, Aragorn, he's picking Frodo. Who you got? I gotta say Frodo. There ah. we go. Because even Aragorn couldn't carry the ring. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I needed one. Y'all killed me on the Gollum one, so I'm. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to say Frodo. Mm. I like them both, though. Oh yeah. All right, all right. Next final four matchup we have: Gandalf versus Sam. Can I say first of all, I thought this was going to be uh, like when I saw the bracket, I thought Gandalf was going to go to the finals for for sure. But now listening to you two talk, I'm not 100 percent right on this. So. <laughs> I was gonna let you talk first because I'm pretty sure me and him. Both That's what I'm saying. Like, I, well, I don't have like I know y'all's arguing on Sam, so it's really hard for me to convince. All I can say is the whole thing wouldn't have started without Gandalf. Like, but but that's the only thing I really got there that is different than what we've already kind of talked about. Yeah, no, and I think Gandalf is a super super important character. Mm. You know, like I mean, do I'm, you think it would have happened without him though? Like the whole process. I mean, I. No, but it all you know also doesn't happen without Sam. You know, like well, it I happens think, without think, Sam. I just don't know if the it, we get to the final goal say, without yeah. Sam. Like maybe just the beginning. Yeah. So I mean, I get it. Gandalf so it's still. the importance level kind of like fluctuates there on which character. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. I just I just think the whole you know even well, I might be going a little forward into our bracket here, but I think Sam's one of the most important, if not the most important. Yeah. He's probably my favorite character and. Mm. You know, just if Gandalf didn't show up to yeah. Bilbo's 111th birthday, mm-hmm. Bilbo disappears with the ring. Yeah. And then okay. Then, and then good luck finding the ring because he's going to the elves, right? Yeah. So they can't Turns at that into point. Another they can't make it into the elf kingdom because yeah. of their magic that protects it, right? So we don't know what happens without Gandalf. So what are you saying? I'm saying, uh. The, the way the story goes, he's integral, but yeah. it could have went a completely different way okay. without him. But uh, in that point where Frodo leaves with the ring, yeah, Samwise had been under the windowsill eavesdropping. Mm. And so that first scene bef- as they're about to leave, it looks like Gandalf turned him into a mule or a horse. <laughs> right, And then it scans on because he tells him, you're, oh, you you're going to go with him. And yep. he has something in mind for him. And then there's Frodo, and then there's a horse or a mule. And it's like, oh, did he just? <laughs> <laughs> but none of that would have mattered without Samwise. Yeah. Like, that dude, I think he is way integral. Okay. If that is going to keep moving forward. I'm going to say, if I were to pick a hero of the whole Lord of the Rings trilogy, I'm thinking Sam. Gandalf couldn't carry the ring. Sam could. That's true too. I mean, that was my argument in the last one too. So I mean, you kind of beat with my own words there. So, <laughs> all right, all right. So Sam's moving on to the final, 
and he's facing off against Frodo. So best friends at it. At it. Okay, the two hobbits that began the whole thing. I mean, I think it's Frodo because of everything I've said. Like it's this. This is it's gonna be hard because I have two super fans of Sam over here. So, <laughs> so, like, so I need you to change my mind. Well, I mean, but but that that's the biggest thing. It is the movie, the series, the book is about Frodo and the Ring. Yeah, that's what it is. So I mean, if he's not there, the book, the movies, everything is not there. Yeah. No. You know? So now I get the Sam could do it too. Yeah. But, yeah. So like the the. Biggest, my biggest argument in this one is it's not the you know the most important characters of Lord of the Rings. Mm. It's the best characters. Who is the character that? Well, you're switching it here, but okay. no, it's the All best right. characters right. from right. okay. Who is the character that that stole your heart? That you know, like <laughs> like like you said earlier, he would have died. He was he gonna die for for Frodo. You know, he wasn't gonna let Frodo go on his own. He said he couldn't. He and couldn't even when survive. he did go on his own with uh, the the yeah. the spider thing, right? He's like he still, still came. Yeah, and, and saved him. Would he have thrown the ring into Mount Doom without Sam? Not a chance. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think about that scene. Until he was that. To yeah, keep it, he right? wanted to keep it. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> I think we already know. Cause, oh, it's cause fine. We, Push him on. I was gonna say it's two to one either way. When I, think. When I saw that list, <laughs> like I, I was just like, oh, that's, I already know who the winner is. I never like, thought they. Hey, they're okay. all critically important exactly. for, the, for the story yes. is the yes. way it goes. But I think so much doesn't happen without Sam. Mm. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, super, super important part of yeah. the story also. But I think when you say best character from Lord of the Rings, it's got to be Sam. Just the okay. overall best character, you know. Super, everybody loves him. There's, I mean, there's nobody that okay. likes Lord of the Rings that doesn't love. That's Sam. true. That's a good point. Yeah, and just, just you know, as a like everybody who who's seen this movie thinks, okay, yes, Frodo is super important, but I mean, I would I would venture to guess that most of the people that have watched this movie that like this movie like Sam more than they like Frodo. Okay, I get that. Side note question about this, and and this is more directed over here because I know you're a huge fan of this. So this is kind of going to The Hobbit and then back here for a second. So what do they call them? Remember the big scene where, where the uh, the orcs are coming down on their wolves after um, yes. uh, all of them, yeah. and the eagles show up and they take off on the eagles? Yeah. Why did why didn't Frodo just get on an eagle and go drop it in, into the volcano? <laughs> that's a good question. Yeah, like what? That's, that's been a, yeah, that's it's been, been a on question. my mind ever. Was it what were they called? Nazgûls? Is that what they were? Something like so, that. So yeah. I mean, if they're hanging around Mount Doom, then is that that was where I was it was? Say, was it, it Mount Doom? Um, was that the name of the thing where they were? Take it. Like yes, there, yes. That could have been yeah. like that. So they're they could have maybe had an air combat thing. Here, here's here's my big thing <laughs> about Sam. Go right into there. Frodo was an underdog because he was yeah. a little hobbit that didn't have any combat skills, whatever. Yep. Sam is even more of an under, He's more of a just regular Joe yeah. who mm. just with pure heart, he's not even the chosen one, mm-hmm. but he's willing to do anything and everything up to include and die yep. to make sure that the mission is accomplished by the chosen one. He was okay not being the main movie star. Yep. He was going to look after his buddy. You know what I mean? He That's promised Gandalf that he would look after him, and he was going to keep his word. And, like, the guy who is not extraordinary ends up doing the most extraordinary things. Mm. And I like that because it translates a lot to 
to real life too. Oh yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, everybody thinks they're super important nowadays. Like, but we're yeah. all just regular Joes and Janes running around here. Mm-hmm. But I like that. That translate like, that doesn't mean you're not still capable of amazing yeah. things. Extraordinary yeah. things. Playing yeah. your part, but yeah. still, you know, like going yeah. above and beyond, doing your mm. doing Playing what your you part. have to do. I like the to, way you said that. To make you know make that big change. Like you said, yep. he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have put the ring in the fire if uh, if it wasn't for him. Yep. You know, by him doing doing whatever he had to do. Hey, side thing, and this is actually off of this, and it kind of goes back before this question. There was something uh, we send questionnaires to all our guests beforehand and kind of get some stuff. And there was something you said in there that I didn't get to bring up. You completely slipped, um, slipped my mind. And you were talking. You you said that one thing you wanted to talk about was the definition of success yeah. and what what it means to reach that success like what happens afterwards you yeah, know I, I think and the dangers of that the danger yes exactly say, yeah yeah so your definition everybody's mm-hmm. definition should be different uh, to me just because you're a millionaire or this or that unless that was your mission then yes you're successful mm. but not everybody has to do those things you could just be like hey i want to become an electrician or a carpenter or whatever mm-hmm. and if that's your mission and you accomplish it like that success, uh, I didn't, ex- you know, didn't have super high expectations for a super awesome life. Uh, so you know, I did the military thing, and f- so for me in the military, like if you could survive, like going to combat and doing your mission, taking care of your what you're supposed to, your people, and you come back, like that's an experience that. You know, very few people in the grand scheme of things, you know, get to experience and to accomplish and have self-discovery and all those things. And so at a young age, you know, when I joined, like that was my thing. If I could go do that experience uh, on a deployment to combat and come back, like, okay, that's a big thing. It was a big thing for guys who went off to Vietnam. Like Mm -hmm. they could just make it a year, come back, whatever. And so I did that, and I came back, and I was 26, and I was like, for me, that was like – the the grandest thing that I could achieve. Yeah. Yeah. So there are a lot of compounding problems with the fact that I had just achieved what I thought would probably be the pinnacle of of my capability if if I could do that. And then also you come back compounding that problem to an environment to where you're not doing super important things in the grand scheme of things, making decisions, life and death, blah, 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 those types of things. So, Um, so it was kind of a, a Debbie Downer, and I found that I needed to like rediscover like what another avenue of success was for me. And so I was like, well, um, I'm not really interested in college, but I can do it, and I have this VA stuff, so let me do the college thing. I accomplished everything I wanted to there, and then it was like, what now? Like I'm 30 yeah. now, so what's next? So I think when I say the dangers of success is like if you set a pinnacle for yourself and you've got nothing beyond that, what's there left to live for? And that's what yeah. I was asking myself. Like, okay, yeah. well, if if this is what I put on myself is this is the most that I'm capable of accomplishing and I just accomplished it, what's left in life? Mm-hmm. And I hope, I mean, if I my health stays good at that time, I'm – what, 26, 27, and then 30-ish whenever I complete college. Like, I got a whole lot of living left to do. So yeah. if I don't have anything else for me to work toward a mission and a goal to accomplish, like, that's dangerous. Yeah. Like, what's left to live for type thing. So mm. I don't have uh, any pinnacles left. Like, mm. I just have, I want to keep going. My, my pinnacle would be like the day they 
did I take my last breath? That was my pinnacle. That was the best I could do in life is yeah. the way I look at it. Yeah. Um, the, the TV thing, I would have never thought I'd been on TV. I certainly mm-hmm. wouldn't have thought I would have been a host of a show. Uh, let's say Bushcraft's build off is not picked up for a second season. Like, is that it? Is that the best I was capable of? Right. Mm-hmm. No, it's just a cool thing that I, I got to do. Yeah. And I was really blessed to do it. A lot of people don't get to do stuff like that. But if that was the pinnacle, man, what's yep. what's left? I ain't got anything else to live for. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I would just. They've got 60, 70 years left. Yeah, like, I hope I so. Gotta, gotta. So goals, you know, <laughs> yep. it's important. Yeah. So I believe every man and woman needs a mission in life. And you need to Agreed. have thoughts about what those are. And when you're coming to the point of near completion of something, you better be having other stuff lined up. Mm. Uh, because then it's like, when I when I did work for a few years with Social Security Administration, one of the things that I got to be a part of was people filing for their retirement benefits. And 62, I think, was the earliest that someone could apply for early retirement. And I noticed something doing that job. Those people who retired and said, I'm out, I'm done, I'm doing nothing anymore, like they died pretty quick. Like two, three mm-hmm. years, they're done, man. But the people who were like, no, I, I'm, I'm going to have this new mission. And maybe it was a mission in uh, learning to fly fish and they're going to go and do these adventures. Yeah. Whatever, it didn't have to be a career goal. But it had to be something to where they still had things they were working towards and living towards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the people who didn't, who were like, all right, I did all the stuff. Now I'm just going to sit on the couch and watch the prices right. Like those people die really fast. Yep. Mm-hmm. They ain't got no mission in life. Yeah. So I would just say that's w- what I mean by that is it's yeah. important to always be finding what that next mission is in your definition of success. Mm. You're a fool. If you base it off someone else's Oh yeah, because there's some people okay, I'm just yeah. never going to measure up to. Yeah. I'm, I'm never going to be, you know, a Tom Cruise movie star. Mm. I'm, I don't want to be, that's okay. Yeah. But that's not my definition of success. Mm. Mine is like me and Laura will be teaching a class this weekend and I'm going to be out in nature that I love with people who are like-minded have my buddy there with me, and we're going to have a good time. Uh, that class goes well. That's success for me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like everybody's happy. Everybody learns some stuff, and then I'm gonna start planning for the next class. But gotcha. my some people would hear that and be like, well, "That's kind of lame." Like that's okay. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be totally lame to you, but it's mine. I own mm. what my success oh, yeah. definition is. Say so, yeah, like you said, I everybody like should be different. Like that, own right. your success. That's cool. That's like it's it's your success. Like you, everybody else, it doesn't matter what they're thinking of it. Right. Like, I like and that. And it's a dangerous game to start basing your ideas off what someone yes. else's are. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know what I'm saying it's it's just not healthy for us. I don't think mentally it's not healthy. Well, I mean, the thing is, what we talked about before, in kind of the same aspect, we talked about like our social medias and things like that. What do they call it, FOMO or something like that, fear of missing out or something. Yep. People look on there and they compare themselves to yeah. the bests of what these people are posting about themselves all the time. Yep. And I think you do that, you get into this horrible mindset after a while of it, you know. So I, th- I think having your own success and not measuring it towards other that, that that's others is a huge part of life that it, it's hard to learn sometimes. I think an ego is a very dangerous yeah. thing that goes with that. Uh, so I do a lot of work with this other company called Salvo Security Group, and that's where, you know, we teach the gun stuff and tactics, but we also do executive protection. We provide protection mm. uh, for some different entities. And uh, there's a, a, a school that we do some some security stuff for. And uh, I went, uh, within the past couple of weeks, I needed to go fill in a couple of days there. And so I had a, like, to me, that's... What more important mission is there 
than to protect kids when we live in a, a world where active shooters are a real thing. Mm. Yep. Now, some people might be like ego driven and be like, oh, I've, I've done this TV show stuff, the Hollywood stuff. Like I can't go back to just like being a security guard at school. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't care. Like yeah. I've got nothing else going on right now. That's yep. a worthy mission of my time. Yeah. Like to me, that's not just like a mall cop security guard thing. Like I'm, I'm protecting people's deal. families. So like, I, be careful with ego too. And that's something like for me, luckily the older I've gotten, my ego has shrunk and that's been really, really good uh, to let go of a lot of prideful things. But like, I don't, I don't have it. Like that's an important mission to me. Yeah. yeah. So, and like a bunch of those kids are like, what? I, I know who you are. Like, why are yeah, you, what are you doing? School? I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm doing the job of keeping you safe. That's what I'm yeah. doing. Like yeah. that's, that's my mission. And I, I would never say this to them. Like I ain't getting off in these conversations, but in my own mind, it's like, okay, I'm not a fake because mm. those things that I say are important to me. I'm here doing them. And nobody's watching me on a TV show. Like that's what's important to me. I don't care. I don't even hate talking about that because it's not about that. It's like, that's part of my mission and something I think is critically important. And so I'm going to be a part of it. And that's part of Matt's idea of success. Yeah. Doing things that I want to do. And I've just been really blessed that I get to do lots of different things that I Mm. believe are worthy of my time. Uh, because yeah. that's the most precious thing. There ain't no rewind button. No. So how we <laughs> no. spend our time, like I just don't want to. Like I said, I want to look back and be like, no, I'm happy with how I did my time. If that's tomorrow or if that's 40 years from now, mm-hmm. I want to be happy with how I spent my time. For sure. So anyway, I, I didn't mean get off on a tangent. Oh, no, that's there, great. That's awesome. Um, no, yeah, no, it was sure. good. I, I mean, I think a lot of people need to hear that for sure. Um, and like you said, you know, with your life coaching, I'm sure a lot of people are gonna hear it. Yeah, the, in that, I I hope we can. A well, I hope there's enough people that think we have enough value to bring to the table. Um, that they'll come and want to to listen to what we have to say, and that we can help them discover their own path. You know what I mean? Uh, but now I'm really really excited about that. I just it's it's a new venture. I mean it's not. I mean it's not like I haven't big brothered people. You know, throughout life, I don't think it's rocket science. I just want to when I approach it. From an official standpoint, I just want to make sure my ducks are in a row in the sense of, like I said, I don't want to tell anybody what to do. I want to make sure I have multiple methods of helping people find their own way and just, like, encouraging Mm -hmm. them and giving them some points to, like, now you need to make this list and do this. You know, like, I've been down that path. Go down if you want to, but I can tell you where it led me and what I found, um, those types of things. So we'll see. 100%. Yeah. All right, last thing before we get off here. Uh, we're gonna have a little draft. We we do drafts every every week. Um, so this one, uh, I I kind of thought about it actually today. I was like, oh, what could be something really cool? And I was thinking of of drafts, and we were talking about battles. You know, battle scene of Lord mm. of the Rings. Um, so in in my head, I'm thinking like, you know, if I'm going to battle with animals. What animal am I going to go to battle with? So we're gonna draft on your team. Like, what yes, do you mean? Okay. yeah. So we're All gonna right. we're gonna draft the best animals to to go to battle with. So say I don't. I mean, we make up a fake scenario or whatever. But like, <laughs> what I'm thinking of is like, you know, you get a hundred of these animals, whatever it is, and you know, you're fighting against Landon's or Matt's. You know, like what. Animals, do you want on your team 
go to battle for you. I'll go last. I'll go you want to go last? Yeah. You want to go last? Yeah, I know what I'm, I already know what I, I already want. got them. Okay. Got them are we talking just just one particular type of animal or multiple types? What's the rules here? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, and I what think... kind of fight are we? Is it in the water? Is it in the we sky? talking? We What's just talking about like yeah. A, what so are we doing? Battle, so right? this is so, battle rule. Yeah, out. my my thought Cage of match. this. Yeah. Cage no, match. not cage <laughs> What I what I thought was like you know like old even you know lord of the Rings style you mm-hmm. know you got yep. you got the big old field you got a hundred of your so animal like, there's a hundred of their animals so you're saying like a great white would be bad for this because you said a field yeah okay yeah. all right yeah, just yeah. making sure it's, we're not okay yeah. all right no Loch Ness monster <laughs> all, right. Yeah. all right yeah that's the other part and of real, real, real oh it's not myth- we're not, not getting mythical. the mythical no, no it's not no, happening no giant eagles a griffin <laughs> no griffins <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. no uh, no orcs all that kind of, all that kind of good stuff. <laughs> I, I'm, in, I'm, I'm excited to hear what you guys got. What, so what are you bringing to the table? All right, okay. so my, well, you're first. Then. My yeah. number one pick. Um, these guys are going to be the the front line guys. You got some front t- line. tough skin, mm. and these guys are going to be charging. You better not have picked them. They're, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take. I mean, I got my first one. I'm but... gonna take the rhino. Oh. Got a big old horn. They're gonna, they're gonna, you know, we're gonna sharpen those bad boys up. Right. You're like gonna, setting up your battlefield. Yep, I didn't even 100%. think about that. I didn't even think about it that way. <laughs> so yeah, no, they got they got a built on built in weapon right there. Uh, big old horn. That's, that's, a, just, that's a pretty good. That's choice. not a bad pick. Oh. Okay, um, you said I got a hundred of these, right? Hundred. My front yeah. lines. I mean, it doesn't have to be your front line. I mean, I'm going. We we've already mentioned these. You know, actually, he he uh, throwed out the great pick here, man. and I'm going with my hundred polar bear in the front. Hundred like, polar bears. They're oh, massive. Okay. They're huge. I had them listed. I yeah, mean, especially going up to Alaska. I was exactly. You I had, had to put those on there for sure. Yeah. All right, I'm going with the most dangerous animal in Africa. A hundred hippos. Oh. Hippos. <laughs> I hippos. wrote down hippos. Who's messing with a hippo? I That's thought, true. I Nobody. thought he was going to take was hippo because he, okay. he used to, when you said we talked about we, it earlier, I was like, I don't know, So we had another argument on uh, what animal was the biggest jerk of all animals, and I picked hippo. That was yeah. on that yeah, picked. Because they're herbivores, and when they mm-hmm. kill you, they're just, That's just killing cause. you because yeah. They, yeah. they don't like you. Territory like, or you pissed them off. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, I do think you're, you two have battering rams right now, and that's a problem for me at the so, moment, but that's okay. That's fine. Well, then you're going to be upset with my next one because I'm going to take another battering ram, mm. and I'm going to take 100 elephants. Oh, interesting. Old, also, also, big, thick skin, could stomp on you, and they got a trunk. They take one of your little little animals. Throw Dang them. it, I don't. They, don't, they can't grab it. What are you yeah, talking about? You can, you, you know, you teach your elephant up a little bit, you know. You teach, teach it how to grab things. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. Grab a sword. Or um, I got one to counter that. <laughs> Dang, I'm trying to think of a good one. Y'all have thought about this. I, you just now did it, but you thought about this a lot more than I thought about this. I figured it out today, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I should have spent more time on this part, you know. That's, that's So I got a polar bear in my front line. So I got to think of something in a second. And it's got to be a living creature now, yep. <laughs> right? Yep. Dang yeah, no, it. no dinosaurs. Okay. Okay. Um, I want... I'm trying to think how I can combat what you guys got going on right now. I think I have to take something that can fly. I, I have to. About, I thought about flying I have stuff. To. Um, but we couldn't take the giant eagles from Lord of the Rings. Well, but so there, there are massive eagles that do the dive bombs with their claws, their talons, massive talons. Um, what, are those, what are those eagles called? Um, like in Tibet, I think. Yeah, the ones. Things. Yeah, um, yeah. They'll pick like, up like goats. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're massive. Yeah, and you see their claws are like huge things. Um, I forgot what kind of hawk it is, or eagle, or something. 
The eagle. I'm taking the eagle. I'm taking a ma- the massive a eagle one. Giant eagle. Yeah, it's going to dive bomb. It's going to go past your rhinos and hippos. It doesn't do anything with them. Not All a right. chance. <laughs> the only thing I can remember all. ever seeing a video where elephant was afraid Ooh. and like backed up and ran away mm. was India, in India, there would be guys riding elephants, and when a tiger came out of the bush, you want to talk about oh. elephants freaking out? Uh, the tigers, That's a like literally, I watched one video where a tiger jumped up and like clawed this guy and like she put a huge gash in him. The guy was on top of an elephant yeah. and it still slashed him. And the elephant's oh. freaking out. Also, cats destroy birds. So Oh, they get they gotta get a hold of them first. I'm just right. saying uh, we're talking okay. difference in house cat and tweety. Like we're just amping the size up with the eagle That's and the true. tiger. That's we're a good point. Six, That's a good point. I definitely had tiger written so, down. Mm, it was uh, Okay. But, okay. But since you took them I'm going to have to go with a giant, uh, almost a humanoid type animal, and that is the gorilla. Okay. Gorilla, you know, take your 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 eagle out of the sky, snap his neck. Just snap him really quick. So, that's what they can do. You that's seen the gorilla? Freaking I've massive. I've never seen that. Like, oh, you mean seen how big they are? Yeah, they are very massive, huge. Stupid strong. Like, they are very, very big. I think it'd be great. Oh, my I my front line, you know. Got you got good picks. You guys have got good picks right now. My picks are, are struggling at the moment. Um, okay, so I'm staying. I'm, okay. You got a tiger last. hundred of them. A hundred tigers. <laughs> a hundred tigers, tigers. Like, they're the biggest cats, too, aren't they? Are these I, the biggest? I mean, they're, they're ginormous. I don't know they're if they're huge. bigger than a full-grown male line, but they're, yeah. they're pretty equal in size. Yeah, they're pretty. Okay. So if you want fighters, you gotta go female lions anyway. Yeah, I think okay. So I'm not going. I'm not going lion because I, I don't. I don't feel like that's gonna do it. I don't feel like it's gonna do it. But I'm going cat. I'm going cat. And the reason I'm picking this is because I remember watching a show on uh, Animal Planet oh, about. I thought you were talking about Jungle Book. About a jaguar. Yeah, seeing right. like alligators out there, and we go in and like mm-hmm. grab the alligator and bring him out and kill him and eat him. So, I mean, I'm just saying. I can't. I don't see a tiger doing that, Bart. I don't see. It. I don't think there's alligators that live near him. But that's fine. You haven't seen the video. It doesn't, it's not, it doesn't happen. They're tough. They're tough. All right, last pick. Last pick. Who you got? I want something small and agile. Oh. Okay. And the toughest small and agile I can think of is a freaking honey badger. Old honey badger. I'm honey, badger. honey badger. You can't kill them. You okay. Can't poison them. You can't like break their like. Toughest little critters on the planet. So. I do see the video like of lions like backing down to yeah. those things. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm oh. taking the honey badger. I think my elephant's stomping on them. Oh, That's just a good run one. up their sides, man. <laughs> <laughs> my so my son and we were talking about this on the way over here. He said, "Get a wolverine, Dad." Mm. So, no, that was the first thing that came to mind. I was like, like, oh. like, "I know, honey badger. Yeah, honey, honey badger. badger don't and they're take a, no shit. They're right. a lot bigger than I thought they were. Yeah. They're huge. It's like the size of this dang table almost. Like they're huge. They're big." Yeah. Now you're thinking wolverines are small. Yeah. But honey badgers are big. They're real big. That big. That's what they were like. Now I might be I exaggerating a little bit. Table, yeah, yeah. Smaller yeah. and smaller than tigers. Oh, we know yeah. 100%. Lions yeah, yeah. But those are like I don't know how many hundreds of pounds those lions are. So how do we determine which ones win the the, the three-way <laughs> Ooh, battle? The fans. So we're gonna, we're going to put this battle on on Facebook, Instagram, right. and whatnot. And we'll uh we'll get back to you with the results. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, we're going to we're going to have to put the the teams out there okay. and oh. see see what everybody thinks. I I feel like I've lost. I think I'm not going to lie, I'm gonna, guys. Think my, my y'all, team just both of yours, everybody. 
Well, I, I will say you can steamroll past them, but I don't know. The elephants run away from the tigers. So that's, that's a good point. Out of, out of uh, thing. What what's going to run a hippo you, off? You seen? That's a good point. You seen Nothing. Jungle Book? Jungle Book where they those hey, I'm talking just start, start cartoons versus real world. What I've seen on <laughs> actual videos. I'm just saying. You said real life, so this is real life. Real life. <laughs> that's true. Hundred trained elephants. Tra- trained for battle elephants. Yes. Okay. Hey, but <laughs> elephants are a lot closer on the on the side of being trained than hey, what than happens? Rhino. Let's talk about this. What happens to the elephants in Lord of the Rings? How well do they fare in that last battle? That's a good point. They don't. They don't. Those are very well gigantic elements, and they too. went down easy. Easy. Well, I mean, pretty easy for Legolas. You not see Legos? He took one down himself. <laughs> I mean, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't even make it to the Helms. Not Helms Deep, but the other place. I'm pretty sure yeah. one elephant killed like five thousand of those freaking. Five thousand is a big number, but maybe there were a right bunch of them. <laughs> no, no, it's gonna be tight. Well, I'd be yeah. interested to see what the polls come we'll up. With. Oh, we'll, for sure. We'll, we'll, put, think. we'll put some clips on <laughs> on Instagram, Facebook. See what the, the world decides to all right say. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, that's uh, that's gonna do it for us. All right. Uh, you guys got anything else? No, I just want to thank you guys for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. And yeah. uh, I, I definitely uh, want to hear more about. Your journey mm-hmm. when you get back. Oh yeah, like, I'm excited to hear about no, that. That's like a big next, deal. Next episode, I mean, half of it's going to be in Alaska. I'm going to oh, be up true. there Very talking cool. to Landon down here. But yeah, no, I'm, well, we'll get it set up. We'll have some fun. Right on. Oh but, yeah. All right. All right. Well, I think that's going to be it. Y'all, uh, y'all take it easy. We'll see you next week. See you guys.